0: What's up guys? Thanks for coming back to Lockdown Universe. Just wanted to let you guys know that Anchor now is allowing you to become part of the Lockdown Universe experience by uh, part becoming part of the subscription. We're only charging $1.99 currently and we want you to be part of the experience. We're going to offer unheard of whistleblower testimony as well as government insider information as well as folks who have undergone hypnotic regression and told us their story. So please tune into that if you are interested for deeper cuts and deeper information. Please consider being part of the subscription. It's only $1.99 and it's definitely worth it. So join in. Let's get to the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well, taking care of yourselves, taking care of your loved ones, and having a good day. So today I wanted to talk about the uh, Georgia Guidestones. Um, You may have heard of them. Uh, I wanted to reference them back to uh, the last article that we talked about, uh, or the last podcast we talked about, where uh, we discussed the event. Uh, that has been reported to many abductees as something coming in the future um, that's going to change life here on earth as we know it. So this next topic has been, you know, kind of the subject of debate and, and subject of question for quite a while um, since it, it's it been built in 1980 uh, in Albert County, Georgia, in the U.S., of course. Um, so if you haven't heard of these Georgia Guidestones, they're really interesting, really kind of bizarre, uh, because nobody really knows their origin. They have the name of kind of an entity that created them, but then when people try to research it, they can't figure out what's the, who's really created them basically is what it boils down to. So let's talk about the Guidestones a little bit and then we'll go on a little bit further. So the creation, (laughs) the granite monument that has been erected in Georgia is a set of 10 guidelines inscribed on a structure in eight languages. So it's not just English, right? It's eight languages. So the idea of these guidestones is to be a guiding light of laws that that humanity follows after some devastating event occurs and they're supposed to be found and they're supposed to be adhered to to keep humanity in balance with nature and to keep humanity alive on the planet. So let's take a look at this, okay? So according to uh, Wikipedia, they stand 19 feet tall. They were Uh, erected March 22nd, 1980. And of course, it's about 140 kilometers east of Georgia. Okay, to give you an idea where they're at, uh, east of Atlanta in Georgia. Um, Just to give you an idea where they're at. So there are four tall structures uh, arranged in a circle. And then there's a capstone on top of Uh, the five slabs. So um, if you look at it, there's, there's four kind of what look like almost pages standing 19 feet tall. And then there's a post in the middle. And on top of all five of these structures is a capstone. Okay. So the structure uh, is sometimes referred to as the American Stonehenge. So kind it doesn't really look like Stonehenge, um, but it's, it's a, it's a, Remarkable feature amongst the American landscape, and so people call it and refer to it as the American Stonehenge. Uh, (laughs) The six granite slabs weigh, get this, 237,000 pounds. That's 107 kilograms. So the anonymity of the Guidestones authors and the apparent advocacy of population control, eugenics, and internationalism have made the object uh, controversial and part of conspiracy theory. So, what do we know about the history of these Guidestones? Well, before we get into that, let's talk about what's on them. So, that's the most interesting thing, right? That's what people want to know. What are these 10 guidelines and principles that are engraved on the Georgia Guidestones, right? So let's let's look into it. Like I said, they were written in eight different languages on the Guidestone, one language on each face of the four large upright stones. So if you look at one face, it's going to be in English. Another face, uh, it'll have Spanish. They also have Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. So they're trying to capture the vast majority of the landscape um, and try to encapsulate in, you know, people's language from uh, all over the world. So the number one rule or law that's in all languages is that humanity is to maintain a population of under 500 million. So, to put that in perspective, the United States has about 400 million people living in it. So, that would just be 100 million more than what what is, what is in the U.S. currently. And then everything else on the globe would have to be wiped out. <laughs> so, it gives you an idea. But the reason they state this in the Guidestones is that that is the number that would maintain perpetual balance with nature. So there's some sort of law, governing law, reasoning law, to maintain perpetual balance with nature. Now, if you kind of look at that and think about it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, we make a ton of garbage. We've been making tons of garbage ever since. We've just exploded in population since the 1950s. I believe if we look back to the population you know, of the planet, it was like 4 billion in like 1950 or 1960, and it's like seven eight billion now so it just kind of gives you an idea as to where we're headed if we don't kind of watch ourselves right and we're just creating tons of garbage and tons of cars tons of houses killing forests just to make houses i mean it's just the list goes on and on and on but you know it kind of makes sense although you know 500 million might be tough but it is set in the u.s so are these are these guidelines just for the US? you know if someone was to get here or are, is it really intended for the entire planet? That's the question. The second it, the second law is that uh, they want to guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. So they want so if we're going to reproduce and stay at this 500 million mark, they want us to guide reproduction wisely, to improve obviously our overall fitness, and then also diversity. We see uh, good things coming from diversity. When we have, you know, children that are born to, you know, a diverse family, family, you know, they're they're healthier, stronger, more uh, able to fend off illness. So, I mean, that's that's just common practice, common knowledge. So, um, it's good to have diversity. Um, law number three is to unite humanity with a new living language. Now what does that mean, a, a new living language or, living or a living new language? Either way you put it. Does that mean telepathy? Does that mean one, one verbal language? What does that mean? So that's a really interesting question that has yet to be answered. The law number four is to rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. It seems kind of like the golden rule, right? Treat your your neighbor as you'd like to be treated. Treat others as you would see to be treated. So, you know, whether it's passion, faith, or tradition, treat all things with tempered reason. So, you know, being kind to our our fellow man, understanding, you know, of other people's religions, other people's traditions, to have um, tempered reason, with those other uh, other folks, number five is to protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. That seems to be pretty self-explanatory. Uh, hopefully, we can follow those laws. You know, we're trying, but it seems like sometimes you know it, it is difficult to maintain fair laws and just courts in many many uh, areas of the United States, and I'm sure in other countries that are listening to this podcast as well. Um, it's not always just in court, is it? It's not always fair in court, so we're supposed to protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six is to let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. So it sounds kind of like they want like a United Nations for a world court if we need to have one, which is kind of smart. I mean, if you think about it, you know, it would avoid wars and that kind of thing if there was a world court. That could just kind of lay down the law, and then there there wouldn't be a need for war. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. This is fantastic. This is really interesting. In a guidestone to follow laws, they have a law that states avoid petty laws and useless officials really interesting. It seems like they want us to live more harmoniously and less, with less law, less legislation, with less, you know, law enforcement, you know, maybe. You know, it's interesting. Uh, You can kind of take that a couple ways. Uh, Number eight is to balance personal rights with social duties. So, Many people want their freedom, right? We want to be free, free, especially in the United States. We want to be free, free, free. But then the, with freedom also comes, you know, social duties. To, to be part of a community, be, be social, be together, be one. Um, you know, there's, there's a balance, and that's what they're saying. It's to balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine is to prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite prize truth, beauty and love seeking harmony with the infinite. It seems like this law is pertaining to our our kind of oneness with each other oneness with nature with the universe and to prize beauty the beauty of that to prize uh, love, to prize truth and you know kind of kind of be just right have justice, have truth, and have love for your fellow man, uh, and seek harmony with the infinite. That could be our infinite souls, our infinite, the fact that we are infinite beings, and that we project much farther than just this 3D image of ourselves in flesh and bone, um, and seek harmony with that. And number 10 is to be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature, leave room for nature. So you actually say that twice. So that goes right back to law number one, which is maintaining humanity under 500 million. Uh, Don't be a cancer. Don't eat up the earth, which is kind of where we're at. You know, a lot of people believe there was like this breaking point of 2012, right? Not 2021, 2012. They even made a movie about it. If we didn't change our ways, there was going to be massive devastation, right? It was the Aztec calendar that was supposed to end earth, right? Well, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, we could end Earth easily by just, you know, being selfish and greedy. So there, that, those are the laws that are on the tablet. Now, there is an explanatory tablet as well that's set alongside the stones. So a few feet to the west of the monument is an additional granite ledger that's been set level with the ground. The tablet identifies the structure and the languages used on on it as well, and it lists various facts about the size, weight, and astronomical features of the stones, the date in which it was installed, and the sponsors of the project. Now, what's interesting is it also refers to a time capsule buried under the tablet, but blank spaces on the stone intended for filling in the dates on which the capsule was buried and is to be opened have not been inscribed. So it's uncertain if the time capsule was ever actually put into place. So that's kind of interesting. It would lend itself you know more credence and more clues as to who created this and maybe what is what is to happen. Um, the complete text of the explanatory tablet is detailed below uh, so we can we can kind of review this a little bit. Uh, it states that the Georgia guidestones. Center cluster erected march twenty second, nineteen eighty, and immediately below that states let these guidestones Let these be guidestones to an age of reason. Let these be guidestones to an age of reason. And around the edges of the square are written translations to four ancient languages, one per edge. Starting from the top and going clockwise they are Babylonian, in cuneiform script, classical greek, sanskrit, and ancient egyptian in hieroglyphics. It's really interesting. They're going way back in time now, too, which is interesting. I mean, could they be talking to time travelers or addressing this to time travelers possibly? It's really fascinating or maybe people peoples that have had been here before and left those languages for us to, you know, learn and then them come back and read these um, statements. It's really interesting. Who knows why they put those languages there. They're not languages that are really used anymore. I mean, Babylonian and cuneiform and ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. I mean, I there's probably only a few people on the planet that can read hier- hieroglyphics, right? So that's really interesting. Um, on the left side of the tablet is the following column of text. It states that there's astronomic features. Number one is channel through stone indicates celestial pole. Uh, Number two is the horizontal slot indicates the annual travel of the sun. And number three, it states sunbeam through capstone marks noontime throughout the year. So that's really interesting that there's astronomic features as well. Now it says that the author is R.C. Christian, which is a pseudonym, okay? It's not his real name. The sponsors are a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. And the time capsule is placed six feet below this spot. And it says uh, to be opened on, but there are no, n- no dates. So there's no, no understanding as to when we're supposed to open it or if it's even there in the first place. And then on the right side of the tablet, there's basically the, uh, the physical data just of how heavy they are, what the capstone sizes are, um, and that kind of information and where the granite was quarried from. Um, so that's really it. It was, it was quarried from pyramid quarries located three miles west of Elberton, Georgia. So really, really interesting, really fascinating. Um, there's a little bit more, um, to, to it. Um, what's interesting is like even Yoko Ono, uh, you know, visited and stated that, you know, it was a stirring call to rational thinking. Um, and then others have stated that they are (laughs) 10 commandments of the antichrist. So, uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, there's some people that, you know, call for them to be smashed into a million pieces. Um, and that, there, some people believe that there's some uh, satanic uh, connection here that there was some blood found on the top of the uh, capstone in the middle on the very top um, how could anybody get blood up there since it's like 20 feet tall um, you know it's it's interesting but um, there's there's a lot of a lot of interesting interpretations here Um You know, one interpretation of the Stones is that they describe basic concepts required to rebuild a uh, devastated civilization. Author Brad Meltzer uh, states that the Stones were built in 1979 at the height of the Cold War, and argues that they might might have been intended as a message to possible survivors of a nuclear World War III, which actually makes kind of a lot of sense. Uh, A lot of people were really worried about the Cold War, There was no internet, there was not a lot of information going about, but there was tons of concern about a Cold War and the potential for it, so that makes sense. Um, The engraved suggestion to keep humanity's population below 500 million could have been made under the assumption that the war had already reduced humanity below this number. So that makes sense. Um, The Guidestones have been on documentary films such as Sherman's March in 1986. Endgame, uh, a blueprint for global enslavement in 2007, and were featured extensively in a t- 2012 episode of Mysteries at the Museum. So, you know, these, these guide songs are very well known uh, in, in a lot of circles, yet not enough discussion has come about with them. So I think it's a good thing to talk about them, to talk about why they were created, and... Um, whether or not there's implications that we should adhere to uh in the here and now versus waiting for some sort of world War three to to wipe out humanity um you know and, and what should we do in in this age that we're living in, especially you know given that there's so much fear going on um and you know fear for the future and fear for the the present that we're living in. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for referencing some of these, these guiding lights that are on these guidestones. So it's interesting to take a look at, interesting to talk about. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, hearing about them. Hopefully you do your own research and see if any of these can apply to, uh, to us and to our society. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you guys are doing well, taking care of your physical health, spiritual health, emotional health. Following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. Do something new every day. Do something that makes you feel good. If one hobby has burnt you out, do another hobby. Do something different. Go out for a drive. Read a book. Explore. Learn. Do something new. Sometimes we have to challenge ourselves and try new things to find something that's worth investigating. So um, keep that in mind. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Lockdown Universe out.